Well, our scripture lesson for today, which is the ninth Sunday after Pentecost, comes from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowd. All ate and were filled, and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. The word of the Lord. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. As I mentioned at the beginning of this worship service, of course, this is done ahead of time uh, with it being kind of a pre-made thing. I did not have the time to actually go through and do an entire sermon preparation, but I wanted to just share some reflections, some brief reflections on this passage so that we can have some thoughts just to share and percolate in our minds as we consider this. The feeding of the 5,000, arguably one of Jesus' most famous miracles. We hear about many of Jesus' miracles. Some of them are perhaps a little bit more quiet. We don't always hear about them. This one's featured in all of the Gospels. And uh, it's one that we tend to think of, perhaps this one and then Jesus walking on water, which, hey, side note, that's going to be next Sunday. But this is a one that people tend to know about. Almost everybody, it seems like, knows about Jesus somehow miraculously feeding the 5,000. But what's interesting about this is that's not the only miracle that we hear about in this passage. That's the main one, of course. But there's another one that's hidden, just kind of tweaked away within the, uh, within the early narrative. We hear that when Jesus sees the crowd, he has compassion on them. He cares about them. He cares about their needs. He cares about what they, what they are looking for. And we also hear that he's curing the sick. So not only is Jesus providing for the physical hunger that the people have later on in the story, but he's also caring for those other needs, those other physical hindrances, if we want to use that word, the things that keep them from living a life of fulfillment. They're sick. They have disease. They have illness and sickness. And he's curing that in addition to then feeding them. All of this is out of compassion, though. That's, that seems to be the main source of it, that God in the flesh, Jesus, God who is the word made flesh, has compassion on the people, all people, the people that he encounters. This is something we hear about constantly throughout the course of the Gospels, that Jesus always seems to be having compassion on the people that he's dealing with, uh, regardless of what else might be going on. We hear of times when Jesus almost gets interrupted on the way to one one miracle to perform another one. Or we hear about he'll, he'll interrupt tea times of teaching or times of preaching or proclamation in order to meet the needs of people out of compassion. So this is nothing new, but it's an important reminder for us. It's good that we always hear this, that we hear about the compassion that God has upon God's people. But as we continue backing up away from the main, the main 
point of, of this story, the main miracle, the feeding of the 5,000, which occurs kind of right at the end, if we keep on backing up, there's another little phrase that opens up this passage that sort of caught my attention, and I think it's worth noting. We hear the very first phrase that we hear. When Jesus had heard this, he withdrew. He went off by himself. And, and in order to know, Jesus heard what? That, that's kind of the question that's in my head. If we start right here, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew. He went off by himself. Well, what had Jesus heard? If we back ourselves up within the gospel, if we, if we back up within the, the, the earlier part of the chapter, we hear about the death of John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been, had been put in prison by, by King Herod Antipas, and after a while he was beheaded, and, and that's its whole other story. But Jesus has heard about this. He, heard, he, he hears about it. And the thing to remember about the relationship between Jesus and John, they weren't just two ministry guys. They were actually relatives. Oftentimes we call them cousins because of what we hear about at the beginning of Luke's gospel. We don't know if cousin is quite the right way to describe the relationship, but both of their mothers were related. So they were relations, and it stands to reason that they would have known each other. They've had interactions in the past. They, they quite possibly grew up together and had interactions with each other at different times. So Jesus hears about the death of John, and he's mourning. He goes off by himself to mourn. He's, he's being affected by it. And I think that's also something that's worth noting, that God mourns things that happen. God mourns death. God reacts to death. And God shows us that that is not only okay, but that we should all take the time to mourn because death is not right. I think that's an important thing for us to remember. The example of God, most often for us found in the person of Jesus, because Jesus is, of course, God in the flesh, God as one of us. It shows us that we, who also are created, bearing the divine image of God, that if God mourns death, if God mourns the brokenness that's exhibited in this world, we should too. And yet, we also see in Jesus' example that the mourning of the brokenness, the, the, the reaction to the brokenness, does not stop him from then taking action when he sees more need among his fellow people. Jesus still cares. He still takes action. And we see that when he has compassion on the people. He cures their sick, and then he feeds them. Now, the other thing that I think is important about this is even though Jesus is the one who's taking action, he doesn't just flat out say, hey, disciples, don't worry about this. They're hungry. I got this. There's a little bit of back and forth. The disciples say, hey, Jesus, we should let them go so they can go and buy food. And he's like, hey, they don't need to go anywhere. You handle it. And when they're like, um, we've got like enough for us each to have a sandwich here. What's that going to do among 5,000 people? Jesus continues to take action, but he continues to invite the disciples into it. We hear that he takes the bread and the fish and he gives thanks and he breaks it, but then he gives it to the disciples and they are the ones who distribute. So Jesus might perform the miracle. I mean, might nothing. Jesus is the one who performs the miracle. God performs the miracle, but he also invites humanity, the disciples in this case, but he invites humanity to join in this work of meeting the needs, of caring for the people of, uh, that happens out of compassion. So I think that's important for us to remember, especially now in this ongoing pandemic, in this time when so many of us are struggling with, with 
added weight of the world beyond even the normal things that we might struggle with. I think that this is such an important thing for us to remember, that in the midst of hardship, even when we ourselves are feeling the brokenness, even when we ourselves are experiencing the pain and the sorrow and the, 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 the sense that things are not as they should be, and we take the time to mourn that, but we are also invited to have compassion on our fellow people and to show them, to participate in the work of showing up and revealing the kingdom of heaven. I talk a lot about the kingdom of heaven coming near and how that is the central message of Jesus' gospel. That in whatever it is that Jesus was accomplishing through his life and his death and his resurrection, he's bringing the kingdom of heaven near to us. And we are invited to join in the work of proclaiming that message and shining the light of God, reflecting the light of God into a dark world for those who need to hear it. There are times when we also need to hear it. There are times when we are the ones who need to have compassion shown upon us and that we need to be freed from what hinders us. But then at the same time, we also join in doing that for one another. May we cling to that, that reminder, that, that perhaps hopeful passage, that hopeful promise that we have been invited into this work, knowing that it is for us, but it is also for us to do.